I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. And this is a bonus episode of The Connor and Smith Show. Oh my gosh, I, I, I almost said the price is right. Well, this is a little detour off of our season five Shenandoah reunion. Uh, for a reason, Matthew is involved in an upcoming DC Fringe Festival show he's co-directing um, with his and friend. And co-producing. With Dara Padwo Olnick. All right. Yes, thank you, Eddie, for that approval. Um, the play is called Onion Skin. Uh, it is about several um, patients who kind of become friends through being in a waiting room uh, through their shared journey. A waiting process. Of skin cancer. Um, and you will learn all about the details of where we're going to be at this year's DC Fringe. And uh, it was a very exciting conversation. conversation. Yeah. So take a listen. And if you can contribute, uh, click on to the fundraiser. Okay, Link. and that'll be in the podcast notes. Um, we are going to take a quick break. We will be right back. In 1985, Tyler was meeting Justin at their favorite arcade, Longshot. Just as Justin was about to confess his love for Tyler, the world changed. Blending elements of 1980s pop culture and LGBTQIA fiction, we journey through this incredible experience that brings them closer together as they fight against a world trying to keep them apart. Listen to Longshot on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello. Hello. Hello, Dara. This is Stephen. Stephen, hello. Can you hear me okay? I can, very clearly, actually. Can you hear me? Per perfectly. Great. I'm sitting here with my husband and co-host, Matt Connor. Hey, 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 hey. Hello. Hi, Dara. Hi. We're also joined by our producer, Ryan Dean Halbrook. Hi, Dara. Hi, is, you said Ryan? Yes. I have a Ryan, so. Nice We've to known Ryan. Ryan since 1995. Oh, wow. But it's felt like since 1993, if you get my drift. <laughs> <laughs> we went to college together and we remained friends and the three of us are always on the Connor and Smith show. Well, oh, not, not all the time, maybe a couple of times we've been not all together but anyway welcome well thank you for having me here i appreciate it very much yeah so you're working we're working on an exciting project together do we want to dive right into the onion skin i think we should we should start peeling the layers right that's right let's peel the layers back on this onion skin play um if by the way if you hear any sort of non-human noises there are two pugs listening and um being pug-like. And I have a cat sitting right next to me at my computer, so he may meow. Okay, so we're in good company. Yes. Meow. Yeah. Um, so uh, talk to us about the process of the onion skin, your play. So if it's okay with you, I'm going to go back a little bit. Is, is yeah, okay? let's go back. Let's take it okay. back. Okay, I'm going to go way back because um, I used to write fiction when I was a little girl. And I wrote short stories. I actually wrote plays. I, I used to cast kids in my neighborhood in plays when I was like nine and 10. And I just was very much into the theater. 
Um, then I was a theater major as an undergraduate at University of Maryland, also a psychology major, as a double major. And I became a single mom very young. I was like in my early 20s. And as you know, that's kind of a really tough way to support a kid, right? So I ended up getting into nonfiction work and have spent the last 35 years in nonfiction television and broadcast and film and, and all of that. But part of me just kind of craved my old theater days. And I had done some theater work when my kids were little, like just directing community theater kind of stuff, but I just was really craving it. So when I decided to do my MFA, I went to Antioch in Santa Barbara and my mentor there is a very established playwright by the name of Colette Friedman. And when I told her about my idea about doing something about skin cancer, because I had been going through a decade of skin cancer, you know, I, I still deal with it. And most people who have it have repeated instances of it. Um, she said, well, you have to write a play. So I was like, well, it's funny that you said that because I've been wanting to write a play. <laughs> so I did the play as sort of my MFA capstone. Um, I wrote other things too. I wrote a screenplay. I wrote um, a YA novel. I started a YA novel, but the play was really my thing. And so I spent, I guess, about a year on it under her guidance. And she pushed me really hard, but I just, I'm very happy with what came out of it because it's not only my story, but it's a lot of people's stories. And, and other people have said to me when they've read it or heard readings of it, how did you know that? How did you know about this? Well, cause I've lived it. So I want to get this out there. Um, one, because I think it's entertaining and an interesting way to approach the subject, but two, because I really do want people to know about the power that they have to be their own advocates. And how did you, uh, how did the onion skin title appear? So Colette and I talked about it quite a bit and it, it's sort of a metaphor, I guess, you know, it, so onion skin is very delicate, right? When you, when you peel an actual onion, it's a very delicate process. And our skin is also very delicate. So there was a parallel there. But then also the layers of the psychology of going through a cancer diagnosis and treating cancer and surviving cancer or not, there are many layers involved in that. And so I thought the whole metaphor actually worked. Yeah, and isn't it also true that like when you go through treatments and stuff, you, sometimes they say what how many layers are going through, and they usually go down deeper than they need to. Exactly. Yeah, my father has had a few uh, procedures done uh, on him. He's been a farmer for his entire life, and you, you know, it, it's um, me being a part of this project with you. It's it's opened my eyes to so many different things that I've done personally in my past uh, without even being mindful of, of, of stuff. Um, 
because your your skin is just something that is just on you and the sun is just something that's out there and you kind of aren't, don't even you know think that you're constantly being exposed and the environment has really changed you know this is kind of like all other podcasts but the environment has really changed over the years right so when we were younger and you're young you guys are younger than i am but I, but when i was younger growing up no one wore sunscreen i mean we wore had baby oil because we thought it was great to tan and burn and the belief was that that was a good thing but then actually over time as we've had climate change on our planet the ozone layer has deteriorated and so we're actually exposed to more than we used to be so even young kids nowadays are getting exposure and so that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this too is because people have to realize you have to protect your onion skin it's very delicate well what I think is amazing about this piece just like movies and music and all forms of art form is uh, a topic like this wouldn't necessarily you know be talked about in a, in a you know over dinner or whatever but going to see this play will open up a conversation. It's already opened up conversations with friends of mine that I did not even know it even, uh, you know, touched their lives, but this will become a sanctuary uh, for people to just kind of have, be seen. Exactly. And you know, Matt, I don't know if you realize, but you've introduced me to some people who are going to be on our crew. And all of those people have had experiences with skin cancer or someone they know died from skin cancer. Yeah. And so it touches so many people and nobody talks about it. Yeah. Well, I want that conversation to start. Yeah. Um, is your play a one act? It's three acts. And it's, you know, I sort of modeled it after two concepts. Um, I'm a big, I, I teach screenwriting and documentary writing at American University. And, um, I sort of modeled it after that old hero's journey in terms of each one had their journey, right? But also I was very mindful of the stages, the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's stages of grieving and going through uh, the dying process. So I tried to incorporate those two concepts into the dialogue across the three acts. And is there going to be music? Yes, and I can't wait to hear what you do. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weighted question. I I suggested um, that there might be. I at first my first idea was that there was would be maybe even some um, dancing dancers and it kind of showing like the human body and skin, flesh tones and whatever. But um, yeah, I thought about adding some music. I'm not. I'm everything that I say is always kind of just a, a suggestion because maybe that doesn't end up happening. But I think um, I kept thinking of this idea of of the waiting. Um, for the yes, so waiting for the no. It's like waiting for the answers always in this sort of like carousel of of uh, waiting rooms in doctor's offices. Exactly. And I did, I love the idea of the dancers. It's just, unfortunately, with the debut at the Capital French Festival, we just don't have the, the bandwidth to do that. But we definitely have the bandwidth to do other things like the music and you had a great idea about the chairs. And I really liked the chairs because, you know, there's this feeling when you have to move chairs is like, 
do I really have a place to go? Is that place the right place for me to be? Yeah. I just was in a waiting room today. I had an endoscopy. Oh my goodness. Who's talking? Is this Ryan? It's Steven. It's Steven. Yeah, it was purely preventative and like to make sure everything was all right, um, which it was. But those waiting room chairs are the crappiest chairs in the world, I feel like. I, and this is because a million people are sat. It, they have a million butts in them, I know. Originally, they were probably really nice chairs. Probably. They, chairs. <laughs> they, they started out as couches. <laughs> well, it, and no disrespect to my doctor or his office, which is top of the line, but it was like, I looked around the waiting room today and thought about you guys' play and um, the stories that I was observing, just looking around, trying to like figure out what each person was about right. um, and then how much of their life you think you caught. And this woman came in and she talked to her husband who had made the call for her to have her endoscopy. And she was under the impression she was paying a hundred dollars and they said, Oh no, it's a thousand. And she was like, I was told I could pay a hundred upfront and then monthly installments after. And then they had this whole thing and, they called me back as somebody no-showed, so I went early, so I didn't get to see how it resolved. Right. But um, it was it was just fascinating, kind of just thinking. Of, I couldn't stop thinking about onion skin when I was sitting in the the waiting room. Well, first of all, I can't believe you're talking to us right now after going through that <laughs> procedure. Your throat <laughs> must be so sore. No, they were really good. It it it's um, I had it done at two. It's seven. I mean. It's it's what it is, you know. I sh I still feel a little up in my head, but you know. Yeah. Well, wow. I'm impressed. I'm I'm super impressed. But <laughs> but I know I know that feeling. Um. I, I mean, I I don't know that everybody does what you did and what I do, and I think Matt probably does it, and I don't know Ryan, but maybe he does it too. I, I'm a huge eavesdropper. <laughs> um. I think a lot of creative people are. Because we're just sort of absorbing the world and how people live and how people talk and what people are thinking. And and we're just like dreaming up in our head. Well, I wonder what the backstory was to that. Oh, yeah. There's plot and dialogue all around us. Or or the, 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 the magazine you pick up that's been there forever and something's been taken out of it. And you wonder like, oh, my gosh, did they steal a recipe? Exactly. I, exactly. I wrote a poem once called Metro when I was on the Metro, and it's basically just a sketch of everything that's going on around me. Um, on yeah, the Metro. On the Metro, yeah. Yeah. Well, and second of all, never touch those magazines in those offices. They're disgusting. Yeah. Oh, they are disgusting. They should yeah. be in the plastic wraps like the remotes in the hotel rooms. Exactly. Ugh. Do they still have <laughs> highlights? Highlights for children? I think that's gone the way of the dodo. No. <laughs> Now, let me ask a silly question about skin. Yeah. If someone gets uh, skin cancer somewhere, let's, I, I'm, this is not meant to be funny, but somewhere where the sun doesn't shine. Oh, it does happen for sure. Yeah. Great question. Does that mean it's not, not always, it doesn't always have to be from the sun? So there's, there's a couple components to that. I'm glad you asked that question. Um, there's a genetic component, right? And the genetic po component means that the gene gets turned on in some way. It doesn't have to get turned on. Right. But 
it gets turned on for a variety of reasons. A lot of it has to do with stress, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, diet, stress, you know, those kinds of things where your body's just not functioning at an optimal level. The gene gets turned on, gets switched. Um, so that's one part. But the other part is that it, it, depending on the type of skin cancer, it doesn't necessarily have to show up in the place where you maybe got burned. It will, it likely would show up there, but it doesn't have to. Mm. Well, let's jump into what we are planning to do with this project this summer. Well, we are debuting at the Capitol Fringe Festival for three nights. So, well, three, a matinee and, and two nights. So the 16th of July for matinee, the 19th of July for an evening, and then the 21st, which is a Friday night, also for an evening. And we are working really hard right now to, we have our cast, awesome. Um, we have our crew, awesome. Our crew. And I just secured free rehearsal space in two libraries, that they're huge rooms in two libraries. So that was a huge thing. And um, now I'm trying to raise the rest of the funds that I feel like we need to pull this off successfully. Where can we find that information if, if someone out there would like to donate the rest? Well, that is awesome. So do you want me to just give you the whole URL? Well, uh, where, where can we find it? So it's from the Heart Productions is our fiscal sponsor, which means that all the donations are tax deductible. And we have a dedicated page on their We Did It uh, fundraising platform. They have a fundraising platform called We Did It. So I would have to give you the URL because I think it would be hard to find unless you had the URL. But they, but someone could follow you on Instagram or on Facebook and find it there? Absolutely, yes. So it's posted on Facebook. It's posted on Instagram. We also have an Onion Skin Facebook page. It's posted there. And then I can also, Stephen, can, is it possible for us to post the fundraising link on this actual podcast? In the podcast notes, yes. Great. So in our podcast notes, we will just post the uh, fundraising link. Yes. And I've been sending out very targeted emails for the last couple of days and it's working or we're getting more donations. So that's good. Um, I'll keep doing it. And um, we're, you know, we're getting there. We're, we're basically two thirds of our, the way there. Now you, you said that you kind of also dabble or not dabble, that's the wrong word, but you also are, are in film. Have you, have you already thought of maybe what the lens would be into this world if this play became also a, a documentary or a film? You know, it's funny that you say that because the, our actor who's playing Tim, he is, he owns a production company, mostly does uh, films about people of color. But he actually said to me, we need to make this into a movie. Wow. Yeah. So it's funny that you said that. And he said, well, how much do you think it would cost to make this into a movie? And I said, well, it's an indie film. It's not going to be a studio film. Um, I don't know, two million. He said, OK, we, we should talk about that when we're done with the play. Wow. So an indie films, it still can be like two million dollars. Oh, yeah, easily. I mean, 
my colleagues at American University are also indie filmmakers. Yeah. And they try to bring theirs in for less than that. But yeah, I see, I've seen some indies that are 2 million, some are one, some are 750,000. I mean, it just depends on your team, right? I mean, if you have a really amazing director of photography who's well-known, right? And your actors, if you get well-known actors, it just really depends. This may be a bit of navel gazing, um, or it could be a bit of an engagement tool for the future. But I wonder if there's a place for donors or commenters on Facebook posts or websites or whatever to donate and then maybe share their skin cancer story or the story of somebody they love. Like Yes, a, yes. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we call it the onion skin challenge and it's on Facebook. And so we are going to run it again. Great. And on both, actually on everything on Instagram, two Facebook pages, and it's called the onion skin challenge. And that's what we want to do is, so we want to do that. And we also want to do a live stream with me and Matt so that people can share their stories and we can talk together. So we're working towards that. What really is the troubling thing about, not troubling, but inconvenient thing about fringe is the turnover, um, how like the quick in and out. Cause otherwise I would say, God, do a little like memory box or something where people can write the name of someone who was affected in that they know and put it in a box or something that feels like. I love that idea cathartic for a viewer that it, we did a play called uh, kaleidoscope that's about uh, alzheimer's disease and i was i i guess i was nervous con concerned that you know people were going to call it like killing grandma the musical um, <laughs> oh, because it felt like it, it got so bleak and sad but we kept trying to find the joy in it and the change um, and that, you know, when something changes, let it, um, it's just the natural progression. Right. Right. And I was, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have been surprised, but, um, there were so many people who either were going through the disease currently who said, I, I can see what the future is now. And I, I feel a little more at peace seeing that. Um, there were people who've just felt that, like they saw themselves in the play. Right. Representation, as we all know, matters for everything. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's uh, when when you get into the kind of um, I don't want to call them medical plays because they're so much bigger than the medical. They're they're humanity plays, really. Um, it's just a. I think you you draw an interesting audience based on everyone's shared experiences or, you know, uh, it, it, it's touched everyone's life, I'm sure. It's touched mine. It's touched, I'm sure, Ryan's family at some point or someone he knows. Um, and Matt, as we have all talked about, and you yourself. And do I, I have to be, do I have to come clean with some really, really horrible skincare stories? Well, it was the past. It was another time. Because... <laughs> I literally, and Ryan brought this up last night because he likes to make me feel little. And, and he, like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, my father had an auction house that he was an auctioneer and it was an old chicken coop that oh, was converted into 
an auction barn and it was nothing but that old timey like aluminum tin roof that was like silver tin oh, yeah. roof rusted I know, I know that yeah i would climb up oh on gosh. that roof oh my gosh with a blanket oh my the, gosh the radio i mean we're in, we're talking about zip code 22655 stevenson virginia where like out in the middle of nowhere and i would use crisco yep and because i somehow heard from another girlfriend or whatever that Crisco was a way to get a really dark tan. Oh. Um, <laughs> anyways, I've learned a lot since then. Yeah. But my gosh, even me thinking about that, my my parents still joke about that. The Marilyn Ma- Matthew used to go up there on the roof and suntan. Absolutely. Well, well, no, I, but you weren't, I mean, I know a lot of people that didn't climb up on the tin roof, but we all did it. I mean, we all did it with baby oil. We were out there all day, all day. Yeah. Yeah. Just, nobody knew. They, well, no. they they thought it was a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel I don't know how what your opinion is on this, Dara, but like, I still feel shocked when I see a, a suntan business. I am so with you, and oh they're my gosh. all over the place. Oh my gosh! I just walked uh, across the street to our shopping center and there's that um, Palm Beach tan Palm Beach tan and, and it just I just clocked it I was like oh my gosh is that do people still go in there yeah they, they do, do. Then not only do they have them on like these you know storefronts and in, in strip malls but the gyms still have them and I'm thinking wait you guys are promoting a healthy lifestyle and you have that in here our our gold gym got rid of it but, oh, good. but I, what I don't understand is I mean is it people that need a tan for I mean, need a tan. Is it like uh, uh, competition? I can speak to this with my dirty secret on skincare. Okay. Here's my turn. I briefly worked at a tanning salon in 2008. In Old Town, Alexandria. In Old Town, Alexandria, which was a disgusting job because you had to wipe down the beds after oh. people use them. Um. And then, like, they would say, oh, you get, you know, one free tan a week. And I'd be like, oh, cool. And I would do it. I think I did it, like, three times, four times tops. Because I was thinking, oh, the, the owner would say, oh, you can, you're so fair-skinned. You should get a base before it's summer because then you won't burn. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like a drug dealer, right? It is. Well, and also, I don't, okay, there's something sexy there's something appealing about the tan lines, mm-hmm. right? You, you, I was brought up in the the '90s and and 2000s when tan you, lines were big. Back if you then. see a tan line, if it, it's like, oh my gosh, that's a, so cute. Well, and the bodybuilders, I, I think that's why they do it in the gyms because when the bodybuilders go to their ex, their competitions, they are supposed to be tan. So some of them, I think, are doing spray tans now, but not yeah. all of them. Yeah. Well, I personally, growing up, had done a little bit of sort of like, you know, quote unquote modeling work. I was uh, a back model for Reader's Digest on page 123. (laughs) I'll bring you the copy tomorrow night. Oh, good. Uh, But, you know, um, I'd been to many photo shoots when I was in top shape where I had to do, you know, body stuff. And I mean, me getting a tan was like a part of the, the sort of unwritten contract. Right. 
because I had to look healthy. Yeah. Because there's a concept of like being pale. And, well, and there be, was, I think. Sure. But yeah. being, being pale, say, oh, you're too pale. Well, who is it? It's Bernadette Peters that supposedly the reason she looks so great is because she never goes in the sun. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, isn't that, okay, so there's a couple things that you said there that really strike me. So first of all, our definition in our culture of what healthy is. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Like, what do we, how do we define it? Yeah. I think that's changed. I think it's changing. Yes. So there's that part of it, but there's also the, how it goes along with the concept of what beauty is. Yes. I'll tell you what, both of them cost a lot of money. They do. <laughs> they cost a hell of a lot of money. Being healthy and beauty. Yeah, because if you look at the healthiest foods, they cost the most money. The worst for you foods are the cheapest and most affordable. Um, it's, it's all across the board. If you get a gym membership, you're being healthy, so you're paying for it. It's everything that um, health and beauty costs money. It absolutely just, does. It, capitalism. It, it, it absolutely does. It absolutely does. But also a lot of it is cultural, like the way that our cultures define it. Um, so I've had the good fortune in my film career to travel the globe. Um, I worked for National Geographic for about seven years. I worked for Discovery for also about five, six years. And so I've had the good fortune to travel, to travel the globe and, and see how other people define these things. Well, and it's quite different, I imagine. It's very different. It's very different. You know, our friend Ryan here, he he loves to travel the world and just kind of get out of his American head and, and see, you know, different places. And he's been to Vietnam, he's been to China, and he's getting ready to go to Greece, right, Ryan? Yes, in September. Um, do you... What, can you can you name a favorite favorite place in the world you like you went to Vietnam definitely Vietnam oh, so yeah. so you and I are aligned so I actually haven't been to Vietnam but I love Southeast Asia yeah Asian Asian countries I, there's something about it if I lived was a in a past life I lived there or something so Ryan I'm curious what it is about it I know what it is for me but what is it for you I think it's the culture it's the people. Um, Everybody was always so kind. I just felt at home there. And there's just sort of a different, I think, perspective on what matters. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I stayed with this family in Hanoi and, uh, you know, she was the one that told me, you know, on average, everybody in Vietnam makes, you know, a thousand dollars a year. That's exactly, it. exactly. Yeah, and, and they all seem so very happy. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I, I know. I absolutely know. I've seen that too. I, I, I was in a documentary in Bhutan and that's what I saw. Um, I've been to very remote places in India and Thailand and that's exactly what I see. And it's because of the sense of connection that people have to each other. Totally. Yeah. Um, did we lose you? I'm here. Oh, okay. okay. I was going to ask you about India. What was, what was, you know, where did you go there? Because that's one of my like top 10. Um, so I went through there a couple times on my way to other countries. So it, through Delhi, but my last trip to Bhutan um, was in their monsoon season. 
Isn't Bhutan well, the happiest place in the world? Well, it's all, yes, yes. It's supposed to be the happiest place in the world. But it's not actually, during monsoon season. <laughs> not during monsoon season. And, and actually, because we went during monsoon season, first of all, their roads are, are dirt and they're all mountainous. It's, it's the Himalayas. So the roads were all washed out. <laughs> and we drove up to this place and then we couldn't go any further. We had to turn around. There was nowhere. We couldn't get to where we were supposed to go because the roads were all washed out. So that was how we got into the Assam district of India. And we essentially had to drive the entire North Assam district across India to get to another part of Bhutan. And that took a while and it was fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Wow. Yeah. It's hard, to, hard to get around in monsoon season on a dirt road, right? Oh, I could show you pictures of, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's funny because, and Ryan, maybe you've had these kinds of experiences too, but it, we live in sort of these isolated bubbles, you know, over here in the U.S. and in our little neighborhoods or whatever. And we don't think about danger in the same way. But then you go there and you realize you're basically living on the edge. You know, you could fall off that road. The car could just completely tumble off that road. And this can happen and that can happen. And a lot of things have happened to me. I can, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. Uh, um, being attacked by elephants. I mean, all sorts of things have happened to me. But, um, but then somehow it just makes you feel very alive. And connected. And to bring it back to onion skin, that's what I wanted to happen in this play. I, I wanted this traumatic experience to rekindle a deeper sense of connection to others and to self. Yeah. Do you agree with that, Matt? Do you see that? I totally see that. Um, when we first got together, uh, first of all, we have a mutual friend, uh, the uh, um, Patricia Rader. I know she's lovely. And um, she kind of started to get us together. And then uh, we met one night at, at a theater. And anyway, a long story short, but w when I read the script, there was definitely something to, that spoke to me that felt like, um, you know, theater is, is, is at its most impact when it really, really um, kind of goes down into a very small human um, place. And this skin cancer topic just really, really resonated. I think because me and Steven had done a show about Alzheimer's. Right. And I remember the sanctuary feeling of that play. It, it was, the play was so much bigger than the play. Yes. Because the audience and the performers were there for a completely different reason that went beyond entertainment. Yes. And, and I, I, I hear you and I agree with you. And, and I, somebody made the comment earlier, I wasn't sure who, about the quick turnaround with the fringe. That is a disadvantage. But, but I am grateful that it's debuting in Washington, D.C., which is our hometown. And, you know, I'm hoping that it continues to go somewhere else. And, 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 and the dream would be to, well, maybe, yeah, make, make a movie, but, but also to be able to have deeper conversations around it you know, and not just run out of there with our props, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, there was something else at the doctors today that made me think of onion skin. Oh, 
it's the paper. You know the paper they put on those exam tables that pulls down from the roll? Yes. And then you get up and they rip it and pull another one back. I just thought of the skin so much when I saw that today. Oh, good. I love that, too. And it was like each person going in that chair gets another little layer and then it gets ripped off and the next one comes, you know. So interesting. Um, no, that, that sense of connection to the, the world and everybody sharing this, this kind of disease, everything, just to segue back to the kaleidoscope, we just got an inquiry for a kaleidoscope to be done in Kenya. Which... Oh, how awesome. And so... Dare is going to be our tour guide. <laughs> I've, you know, I've been there. I spent oh. a month there filming lions. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's fabulous. Yeah, I, I, it just, it blows our mind. It's like Africa and who would have guessed Kaleidoscope's second production would be in Africa and Kenya. Why not? It's, it's a global subject, right? It is a global subject. That's fantastic. Well, once again, um, this may or may not happen because we just talk about suggestions, but I and uh, me and Dara have talked about possibly doing this sort of uh, musical chairs idea with the, the, the chairs kind of being in a circle. And there is something global about that. There mm -hmm. is something completely connected about that. There also something is dangerous about that because yeah. eventually one of those chairs may or may not be there for someone. And yes. then the circle is also like an onion almost. Yeah. Yes. And I think it's, it's very, um, it, whether or not you deal with skin cancer, which I have not yet, and maybe I won't. Maybe I hope I hope you don't. Maybe the Crisco will catch up to me. <laughs> um, however, um, there is there is something relatable about this piece, even if you haven't gone through this yourself. Mm -hmm. Because I think women maybe deal with this easier than men, because women probably are kind of in a medical world much younger than men. Yes. And men just kind of grow up being like, well, I'm just a boy. And I think there's there's a uh, something about women that, that go to the doctors more regularly than men. And I think that work, working on something like this um, does translate even beyond skin cancer. Oh, absolutely. And I'm hoping that this younger generation of men, I mean, I have two boys and I've really tried to train them to to take care of themselves differently because you know the culture for men especially in the west has been really it's a terrible culture for boys actually um they're not allowed to express their feelings they're not allowed to do this they have to you know have this bravado I mean, it, it, there's just being the mother of boys it's like they <laughs> they've had a really hard time in the west <laughs> yeah so so i'm i'm hoping that this and i purposely made this male character you know, in the in the light of that, where men don't go to the doctor, men don't get checked, and then right. they miss something. Yeah. I, I I felt like the biggest scaredy cat at the doctor's office because I, you know, this is like me starting a process of getting things, systems checked out that I haven't, you know, and... I was the only guy there that, that all the women there were like bored and I'm like trembling, you know, but it's, it's because of that psyche. It's because of that, like, I wish I had gone to doctors more frequently, you know, but that cycle has to change at some point because if it doesn't, I PS love how this has become a, like a production meeting for onion skin with, for the podcast audience. It's fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> I, my mother 
yeah was very good because i love going to the doctor i'm never scared i've gone my whole life um yeah i don't really have a fear of it i mean until something bad happens right That's well i was dropped off at a hospital at the age of eight and i didn't know where my parents went for three days so we have very different experiences. yes very different experiences um anyways i'm very excited about this this new play and uh it, i'm excited about this not only being this summer, but where it's going to go and what's going to happen afterwards and to hear people talk about it. Yes, Stephen. What's, I just want to, I, it may have been. Said, when are the dates? I, well, no, the dates we can put in the thing. What's the venue again? The venue is the Caffritz Theater, which is part of the DCJCC. It's actually a very nice theater. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We've been there. Yeah. So it's a nice venue. Um, we, with we, a projection screen. Yeah. Yeah, and we so. need the projection screen. So I'm, I was thrilled when we got that venue. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a great venue. We have a great cast. We have a, some great ideas, and I'm excited. What were the dates again? The first, the matinee is July 16th. Then there's an evening performance on Wednesday, the 19th of July, and then a Friday night, the 21st. I think we're closing out the festival. I think that's gonna be our big night. That's to be on our night to get reviews. I think. Yeah. And Dara and I are co-directing. We're co-producing. Yes, we're doing we're both. Co-producing. And so if you follow Dara or the Connor and Smith show or me, we can help you find out any, uh, any uh, answer, anything that you want. Mm -hmm. um, do you have a piano at your house? I wish I did. My, when my son moved out, because my son's also a composer who does electronics, he took all that stuff. Okay, no worries. We could bring a portable one, like a keyboard. No, that's fine. It's fine. We'll uh, we'll we'll tackle that monster maybe at my house. Okay, sounds good. Well, Dara, it's been a pleasure learning more, peeling back the layers of the onion skin. Bum, 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 bum. Um, and I can't wait to see it and see what you all are up to. And um, to do we have anything else we want to talk about? I don't know. Do we? Oh, I no, I'm just we, asking, Derek. Derek do we, we've do we... covered a lot. We've covered a lot, and I'm very grateful to to you for doing this. And it was fun. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was a great little chat. Thank you all very much. And I will see you tomorrow night. Yes, you will. I'm looking okay, forward to well, it. Everybody, get your tickets. And uh... this has been a fringe DC fringe preview. Yes, it is. <laughs> 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 All right, we'll see all right. you at the theater, and we'll, Dara, we'll see you soon. Okay, bye. 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 Thanks so much for joining us, Dara. That was a great discussion. It was a great discussion. Yeah. We, I mean, I know we kind of go crazy places when we, are, but gosh, uh, all the discussion about her work with National Geographic. And traveling the and world. traveling the world. And, and creating this play so many years ago. And, and the journey of that. It's very exciting. I think uh, everyone will want to mm -hmm. catch this show or donate to this show. Um, if skin cancer has touched your life or somebody you love, then this is maybe a worthy tribute of that to help get awareness and tell their story out there. So definitely check the podcast notes for that. Um, yeah, other than that, we uh, 
have the Helen Hayes Awards coming up this Monday. On Monday, um, we're wearing, we're, our theme is polka dot. Polka dots is our theme. Black and white polka dots. We are wearing, I'm wearing, well, you'll have to, you'll have, you have to, to wait, wait and see. see. Yep, yep, um, yep, yep. If you want to learn more about us, please visit www.connersmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an E-R. You can find us on social media. Media? Sorry. Media? You know, it's is it me? You say media, I say media. I'm Let's com- call the whole thing off. I'm coming down off of anesthesia. Um, it is social media on Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok, and um, Patreon uh, under Connor and Smith again with an ER. Thank you so much to our sustaining Patreon members. You really mean so much to us. Your support means that we can keep doing this um, and keep it from behind a paywall. So we thank you for that. And if you do join the Patreon behind that paywall, you will find a lot of added videos, gems, newsletters, etc. Patreon members, I have not forgotten to get your newsletter to you. At this point, I think we wait till the Helen Hayes photos. That's right. Because I think you're going to want to see them. Um, Other than that, please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. Share it where you share things. Post it where you post things. Um, and other than that, we will see you soon for another Back to the Hive episode. But this has been a bonus, bonus episode. episode. Bonus, so, bonus. Thank you for tuning in. Bye.